time to ring the bells? How the mighty have fallen. The most Portland story to be written by the history of mankind. Calling all craft beer diehards the next super rare release. It's only on the 87th floor. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. If this podcast were a beer ingredient, we would be glitter in that we are completely unnecessary, more than a little ostentatious, and everybody hates us except for like five people, but you know what? That's enough. That gets us through the day. I'm Jeremy Jones. A ten! A ten! I'm glad you... You've peaked! <laughs> this is it. After, after this, my intros are going to be like, uh, this is all beer and I've given up on life. <laughs> my name's Tyler Zimmerman. Hey, back the fuck up! Uh, that's that's my beer. That's the name of the episode now. Back the fuck off. That's my. That's the name of the new podcast now. Just back the fuck off. This is my beer. Um, we got some shit to get into today, but uh, we'll start off uh, by talking about uh, what we are drinking. Um, I got a couple. It's it's it strikes me it's now dark beer season, um, and so I brought us a couple of uh, of of. You know, some seasonal releases from a, a couple of, well, one good brewery, one that was a, was a good brewery at one point in time. We're starting off with the with with the uh, uh, the sheer bet where uh, we got the Georgetown nine pound porter. Uh, it is, so suck it, Jeremy. <laughs> it is a, an imperial porter at six and a half percent. What do you think? Imperial Porter? I thought I thought it was an Imperial Porter at one point in time, but I guess it's just now just a Porter. Yeah, because I think it used to be 9%. That's why they called it the 9-pound Porter. Because, yeah, I, you know what? Actually, what happened in that sentence is I, it was an, I was in the middle of saying Imperial Porter when I saw the ABV. And I, and I, I, and like I realized, and, a half. That's and not I, imperial. and I realized I was up the proverbial creek without a paddle. <laughs> so I was just gonna go with it, but you decided, but you had to. Oh, call I me. had to call you out on it. Uh, so I, it is apparently just a porter now. What do you think? I mean, solid porter, uh, caramely, some caramely yeah. coffee mocha notes, slight, a little more roast than I would almost want off of it. But. You think? I mean, it's got like a fruity back note, uh, background, the right amount of bitterness for, I, I, I think, an American porter. Uh, yeah, on the second drink, it maybe mellowed out. If it has if it has anything against it, I think it's a little bit heavy for a porter. It feels, it feels like it's wading into stout territory. Yeah, but, I mean, if you name a beer nine fucking pounds, well, you, you, you gotta go a little on the fucking heavier side. I mean, I guess that's where I've always had a problem with uh, with uh, um, the imperial porter it's category. A, it's a stout. It is kind of like, but a porter is, I mean, it's not a light stout, but it is somewhere in between, you know, color-wise, somewhere in between a brown ale and a stout. It's supposed to be lighter ABV, lighter body. It is supposed to be a, a nice, light, drinkable dark ale, um, but... Uh, it's, it has become sort of stout light or... Yeah. But, um, oh, this is quite good. So, anyway, uh, shall we get into it? Fire it up. And breaking news this uh, t- today, uh, uh, about 1 o'clock. We don't often, often get the... Uh, um, the... The... Uh, uh, most uh, breaking news, but something. At 1204, 1204 is when I saw the article. Um, 
It was a slow news week up until uh, uh, just uh, about uh, noon. About <laughs> noon, and then uh, beer Twitter blew up when Bell's announced that they were being bought by Lion. Which is, I, I mean, that's a whole. That, therein lies the whole thing. If you want to know all about who the fuck Lion is, it's owned by Kieran, uh, and we went over this when they purchased. New Belgium in 2019. So go back to that episode. Listen to Jeremy break down the whole fucking Russian, like, egg doll thing. And then come back to this podcast and pick up right now. But, I mean, one I mean, one of the questions I do have that I, you know, I, and I've always skimmed the article. Um, well, I, I, well, you, I think you've done more than just skim the article. Tyler, what do you, uh, uh, what, what, what have you found out as our official uh, uh, Kieran correspondent? <laughs> Well, thank you very much. I'm on the scene right now. Uh, we couldn't afford to send me out to Kalamazoo, Michigan, so uh, I'm sitting here with Jeremy. Uh, so, the sale is happening. Um, the owner of Bell's, or the founder and president, Larry Bell, shocking, uh, uh, said today that they voted in January to begin exploring the sale of the company. Uh they he's turning he is 63 this year so he came out and said he's had a couple health issues in the last few years and when you start getting into your 60s you have to start thinking about those sorts of things and how you're going to handle it i mean it uh, 60s is a is a is that's that's getting uh, long in the tooth for uh, to being for existing in the craft beer industry yeah i mean uh, this this is sort of kind of a young man's game because it, it does involve a lot of working. Oh, you know, uh, sixteen hour days, seven days a week, lifting a bunch of shit. And when you're hell, when you're in your forties, that becomes a lot of horse shit. Yeah, uh, he said he's been kicking it around over the last couple of years, uh, and uh, he said the key that they found was they found somebody to join forces with. That they truly respect and feel confident in. And that is New Belgium. And so if New Belgium would have so, ran the route of like Ballast Point, I feel, with Co- Constellation, where they kind of struggled, started losing volume production, uh, and really kind of had like their soul almost stripped, I think Bells would not have sold to Lion, where they. It's been about two years now since. New Belgium sold. Their production has increased, according to the article. Um, and they've seen... The cultures remain basically the same. They've actually not gotten rid of any employees. They brought in a hundred more. Uh, so you're seeing a lot of growth happening with New Belgium. And so I think that gave... Like, kind of calmed some of the fears of the founder getting ready to sell his baby. Um, one of the questions I had, I don't know if I if it was anywhere in this article, um, but going back into that, the Russian nesting doll that is Kieran, um, again, you, uh, the best way to, I, I did break down the whole corporate structure as it related to New Belgium, but long story short, um, they were they were actually bought by Little Creatures, which is essentially the Sam Adams of Australia. Which is in turn owned by Lion, which is in turn in turn owned by Kieran. Mm-hmm. My question: Does it mention? I mean, all I, all I read that was Lion, but they didn't mention little creatures. Did, did they? It, the article I read uh, didn't mention little creatures. Uh, this is a big enough news story that Brewbound, when they posted their article, took down the paywall for that article. 
Oh, really? I didn't see it. It is a big deal with the craft beer industry. Um, And it's kind of crazy. Saw this tweet out today. Um, So, with Bell's um, selling to Lion Little World Beverages, uh, the combined companies of Bell's and New Belgium now are as large as Boston Beer Company's entire beer business. Oh, Jesus. I I guess I was... Well, I mean... I guess I, was, I knew New Belgium being nationally not uh, distributed nationwide was a big deal. They were top five Bell, in craft beer. Bell's is up there, and Bell's I think was top ten. They keep on like I keep on, I feel like they keep on threatening to come into this market. We still can't get Bell's too hearted. I think that we're the one state. There's like three states left you can't get Bell's, yeah. and we are among them. Um, but. Uh, it, but that's—I mean—that's impressive. Well, and we're talking about uh, um, Sam Adams. You're talking about like Boston Beer Company. So they're producing more beer than they're producing beer, seltzer, and anything else because they are and Dogfish Head. As we are, as we have you know repeatedly like trolled them, they are a quote craft beer, beer company, company in quotation marks. <laughs> that was not our opinion. That was craftbeerbusiness.com. <laughs> but you'll also notice we have not corrected them. <laughs> uh, so he said that he thinks the future is rosy. Uh, he pointed out the meteoric rise in beer sales experienced over by New Belgium over the last two years. Uh, he said, and I quote, Lion is not buying this company to sell less beer. They intend to grow this, and I think Bell's is well positioned with our production facilities and our people to enjoy that growth. Um, so he, Larry Bell will be retiring with this sale. Um, he wanted to kind of step away, get out. Uh, so once the sale closes, New Belgium CEO Steve Fetchheimer, uh, a Michigan native um, who's been with New Belgium since 2017, will head up a combined company leadership team between New Belgium and Bells. Um, and the Bells executive vice president, Carrie Yunker, uh, who's been with Bells for the last 18 years, will continue to lead day-to-day operations for the Bell's brand, and John Mallet, Bell's VP of Operations, will also join the combined leadership team. Um, so they're really kind of keeping a lot of the structure, it seems, in place for Bell's. It's basically uh, Larry Bell is retiring and getting a fat check to retire and having New Belgium and Lion Beverage run his company which is a little bit different than what we have seen with a lot of sales in the past oh i would say two or three years because what we've mostly seen and i think this was the case with new belgium um were companies that found themselves in what we've been calling the no man's land right where you are where you're too big to be able to produce you know, to subsist on essentially, you know, the 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 income from a tap room and local distribution, mm-hmm. but you're and the not craft beer playbook, right? But you're also not big enough yet to be able to pull in the amount of money to to uh, to sustain a nationwide yeah. distribution chain. And you so, know, with this, we may be seeing bells in Idaho. Um, with well, I mean, listen, I have. It'll probably take New Belgium's distribution footprint. Well, that would be nice. Um, I, I, I really look forward to, especially since we've gotten Boneyard in, and people have already just gotten completely mad about it. <laughs> well, they still only have the three beers if they start bringing some more stuff in, but it was it, it never does cease to amaze slash disappoint. 
uh, disappoints the wrong word, annoy me. That, oh my god, it's the best beer ever. Oh, I can get it there. Never mind. It's not that great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so suddenly, well, and, also, and let's not forget, Bell's Two-Hearted is uh, is the beer um, uh, that is named by Zymergery magazine and the AHA, the American Homebrewers Association, as the best beer in the United States. It took that from uh, Pliny the Elder what, three, four years ago? Yeah, usually those, there for a little while, those were going back and forth. No, I feel like it was, I feel like it was Pliny the Elder for... Occasionally, I feel like there was that no, Bells would come in, but... Because they made, because the, the, the people at Russian River who make uh, Pliny the Elder made kind of a, I mean, not a big deal, what they, you know, that when, when Bells, you know, took the number one spot, you know, they made sort of a big deal, not in a, not in a, you know, sore loser way, they sent them a case, I think, of Pliny the Elder and congratulations. And so I don't think it's one of those things that was going back. It's possible or in the earlier years, but I think it, I think Pliny the Elder held on to that number one spot pretty consistently yeah. with Bells as number two. And then I don't, I don't know, people just changed their mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they slightly tweaked the recipe of Bell's Too Hearted or if people's... I mean, people's taste could have just changed, too. I mean, because let's not forget, Pliny the Elder is an imperial IPA. And I've noticed that in, you know, even in my experience in craft beer, that people's, you know, uh, people aren't craving the high high ABV anymore. No, I'm noticing a huge trend in the, at least, Treasure Valley market here, where the... People are leaning more towards they want the lower ABV. They don't want the doubles. Uh, but to double back kind of here on here, they'll still be doing most of their production out of their two current breweries uh, for Bell's. Uh, and lovers of Bell's Brewery are being told they can still expect the same level of community involvement and continued traditions such as the Oberon Day and support for Kalamazoo Pride. Uh which have all been a huge part in the company's vision and values from the beginning. So it's kind of nice seeing they're still trying to keep the community involvement even on the corporate level. Um, which is something I, I, I kind of look for uh, but didn't see. I mean, there was the whole – there was a minor kerfuffle with the fact that Kieran was – I guess the best word is inadvertently funding the the Myanmar. genocide in, in Myanmar. Yeah. Um, and I say inadvertently. Uh, again, I think I went over this a couple of times. But long story short, you can't really control who your shareholders are, and you you know you're kind of obligated by law to pay shareholders their dividends. If wonder if a major part of your shareholders are, let's say, the Miramar military, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of fucked. But they actually did rectify that, I think, by just paying them off and calling it a day. Yeah. So you at least so you got the. And, I, and again, you know, it was a big question on how much, I mean, how much up the corporate chain uh, from New Belgium to Little Creatures to Lion to Kieran. And know. at least according to this article on MLive, uh, they talked to uh, some of the people from New Belgium and they, Lion has actually let them kind of run how they would want to still focused on people over profits and focused on their that community involvement so it seems like they're sticking by their playbook with bells um well and i mean especially in a situation that this seems to be where it's not a matter of survival like we saw with uh new belgium or dogfish head um 
it where it really is somebody making like the the slow calculated decision by saying that like listen I'm getting up there in years I want you know I want this company to continue um, I want to find a good a, a a good place for it to exist and so it probably is a vote of confidence uh, with how um, Kieran or Lion and yeah, I um, it's, it's, my research indicate there's quite a lot of autonomy going down the chain. You yeah. know, there's just you just have a hand on the you know in the ladder above you. Just here, give us our give us our profits, please and thank give you. Give us our profits. Oh, you need to add another canning line. You need to expand with this. Exactly. Here, here's a check. <laughs> well, we want that We're, back in a couple months. Thanks. <laughs> We're Kieran. We've got literally billions of these things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how much? How much you need? Okay, there I mean, we go. I mean, again, I, I you almost need to go back and listen to that episode. But Kieran is not just a beer company; it is one of those conglomerates that has tentacles in literally anything. And the article does talk about how Lion uh, is distributing major brands such as White Claw, Heineken, Corona, Stella Artois, Budweiser, Smirnoff, Johnny Walker, Wild Turkey, all throughout New Zealand and Australia. Uh, so they've got their tentacles in a lot of stuff, even on the lower level, not getting all the way up to Kieran. Uh, but uh, Larry Bell does say there was the decision came down to two factors. First, uh, New Belgium shares their commitment to craft brewing and community first, uh, which they really want, which is a big part with Bell. And then second, he said the time was right. He's been doing this for more than 36 years. And uh, he just wants everyone who loves the company uh, to appreciate this. And he wants to step away and leave the company basically in good hands. Excellent. I mean, it sounds like as much as there, I'm sure there was going to be the normal. It's not as bad as it used to be. There used to be the, the minute anybody sold, you know, Lagunitas comes to mind when they sold a Heineken where everybody was like, oh my God. I'm Even when Goose Island sold, it was, everyone's like, that's going to be just terrible. Well, and I'm, I was very much in that camp. <laughs> I will admit that. I was, and to a certain extent, I think Goose Island is not the, uh, the, the, well, it's hard to it's hard to say because, I mean, you know, I, they do more around their local market than they do out here. Mm-hmm. You know, but. Their cores are what they are. Yeah. They're easily, they're produced at a very consistent level wherever you're at. But their specialties, they're still allowed to play and be creative. And really, Anheuser-Busch took it and said, here, we're going to get you all these places. Keep doing what you're doing. And that seems to be a way across the, uh, the the way they've dealt with their portfolio across the board, which is why I've really kind of softened. I was definitely one of those guys that was like, oh, my God, Goose Island's Baba AB InBev, fuck, mm-hmm. you know, this and everything else. I just saw something on Twitter the other day. There's, like, Goose Island, like, beer mac and cheese, like, in fucking frozen sections of grocery stores now. Okay, well, that pains me. Us for some... Like, they very much mainstream <laughs> yeah, it yeah. and turned it into basically an applebee's but i mean but yeah but you know i think the point you're kind of holding over is kind of well taken they've they took a brand and made it and you know and made it mainstream made it mainstream while still allowing them to do the things that made goose island and the brand they wanted to buy and overall 
Um, there, it's been a. I think overall, it's been a plus for the industry in that it's you know brought people into you know into the idea of craft beer, and um, you know maybe put it in a place that was accessible to people, and then thus piqued their curiosity and, and got them actually and so fully in the door. Correct. You know there was there was this fear that AB and Bev was going to come in, you know, buy it out. Bully everybody out of the market and essentially... I mean, they still try to do that with stadiums and using their own craft brands, but they could have tried a lot harder. That's that's a whole other episode. You'll have to go back and... <laughs> but uh, no, I it, it's... My, I guess the point I was, I was reaching towards is... It sounds like a positive development, all things, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And perhaps, maybe, uh, finally, we will see Bell's Two-Hearted here in Idaho. Mm-hmm. From at least my perspective, scrolling through beer Twitter this afternoon, uh, it doesn't seem anyone was upset with this. It was more just shocked and came out of left field. I saw a lot of the just, oh my, no one saw this coming. No, it was, I mean, Jeremy and I were talking in our post-record meeting, kind of, while Jeremy's getting shit ready, we're talking about what we're going to talk about, and... I was like, did either of us have bells on our like Deadpool? No, I was like, not even buying someone. No, like bells, bells really- was content. They kind of they're similar to New Glarus in that fact, which exactly New Glarus only distributes in one state and still produces a metric fuckload of beer. I mean, well, you you can you can produce beer for Wisconsin and met, and produce a, a metric fuck ton because um, it's w- Wisconsin. I say people in Wisconsin. This is true. I've been there. They drink a shitload of beer. Well, that's the reason their baseball team was called the fucking Brewers. <laughs> so, I mean, the people of Wisconsin, they will have a beer. Thank, please and thank you. They're, 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 I, I liked my visits to Wisconsin. They are my people. I, I enjoy them. They're like, you need a beer for the road? You're like, can I do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Wisconsin. What are you going to hit? There's nothing but... Uh, a uh, cow? <laughs> then you're going to buy... Then you bought a quarter of a beef. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we got tons of them just floating around out there. <laughs> You're gonna have to pay for the cow, but yeah, we're, we're, yeah it's, it's not Canada. It's all beer does not support the, <laughs> the drug driving, drinking and driving <laughs> on any level in any state. Be safe, be responsible. Also, don't kill cows, except, Gary... <laughs> unless, except, except for except for the necessary purposes of leather and beef. <laughs> uh, what we got next, Jeremy? All right. The Pacific Northwest was into craft beer before it was popular news now. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah, As if we didn't know the P, PWN was the hipsteriest of hipster hipster regions. We have what I believe is the most Portland story ever told. Are you ready for this, Tyler? <laughs> Slap it to me. All right. Um, an archaeological dig wrapped up last month in Jacksonville, Oregon, on the property of Ken Gregg and Frank DeLuca. Who Where's are- Jacksonville at? Uh, it's a suburb of Portland. Okay. Um, they apparently live in, according to this article, um, uh, quote, live in a tastefully renovated saloon. Which, listen, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to assume or work on stereotypes, but I'm gonna just say they're gay. Something about the phrase "tastefully renovated saloon" <laughs> feels like you're trying to communicate something you <laughs> you are dancing around. I was just, thinking trailer park. But but taste no tastefully renovated saloon. Just say it. There are two guys from California, very much in love, living in a renovated saloon in Portland, which is 
part of a building they, that held the oldest craft brewery in Oregon. And at this point in time, I feel like I'm describing a fucking episode of Portlandia to you. Yeah. Anyway, when they took over that property, they were aware of the history behind it. It's not in a suburb of fucking Portland. Oh, where is it? I assume a it... suburb of Medford. Oh, it's that far south. Yeah, it's a town of 2,800 people, according to Wikipedia. Uh, so yeah, it's five just, miles west of Medford. That's just why I get for uh, that's just why I get for assuming because I, 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 everything about this just screamed Portland to me. But but it honestly drives home a lot closer to California. <laughs> e- easier to migrate. Um, anyway, when they took over the property, they were aware of the history behind it. They, uh, it had never been subdivided before. Um, it was about a two-acre lot, and it was the site of the original Eagle Brewery, which operated sometime between the mid-1850s and until 1890, which oh, does put it running in the running for the uh, oldest uh, brewery in Oregon, the leading contender being a bar in Portland that opened in 1854. Um but changes are coming. Uh, the uh, the the owners decided to subdivide the property for more housing. But before they did, they wanted to give archaeologists archaeologists uh, one last chance to dig around and see what they could find from the hundred year old brewery. Fair enough. Among other things, barrel hoops, beer bottles, huh, of course. <laughs> Even then, I got no. That one's mine. I buried it in the backyard <laughs> last night. <laughs> I mean. Uh, but they also found a sort of as they're going through the archives and trying to match up because I mean you're right because you kind of hit upon a good point is this beer bottle from 18, 1850 or is it some dick eighteen in the, months ago or, yeah or was it I mean I feel like you can tell from the label most of these but um, but you do have to like you know is this is this re- recent detritus and uh, or is this someone's trash and that really is when you think about it the only difference between trash and uh, artifacts. <laughs> Well, I was going to say artifacts, trash and trash, is time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Antique and junk. Listen, I, I, I once got the chance to travel in Europe. Um, I went to, this is a little sidetrack, but uh, where they, there was a, there was, they took us into a, a, a Pompeii, a Herculeum, where, you know, it got covered by a volcano. Very sad. <laughs> but um, someone... Where Vesuvius jizzed all over everyone. Um, they took us into like the this you know villa, and someone had written on the wall, um, in the bathroom, here so and so had a good shit. So the difference between graffiti and <laughs> and and art really is just a matter of time as well. Wait, <laughs> so two thousand years ago, someone wrote on the shit house wall. Yes. This is a human thing we do. I don't know if you're aware of this. I didn't know if someone like came in like after. No, this is and like 50 years ago was like this will be funny. No, this is 2,000 year old bathroom graffiti. <laughs> we don't change. We're genetically wired for. We we. We're... I was waiting to hear for a good time. Go to that also exists. <laughs> go to this corner. <laughs> Anyway, that was a side. That was a, getting off the way. Uh, research, as researchers poured through the archives, they found a kind of hidden history as well. The Eagle Brewery was owned by a German immigrant named Friedrich Wettner. Sorry, Wet Wetterer Wetterer. I got, it took me a, little, a couple of runs at that name to get it right. Um, who was listed as as the proprietress, which is a little odd at the time. 
A lot of women who owned and operated a brewery still claimed in all the operational records and taxes, and in this case, the census, to uh, to be housekeepers or just keeping house. Okay. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The Chelsea Rose, the lead archaeologist, noted in the article, quote, When you think about mining camps and breweries and saloons, it's always this male-dominated narrative. You don't see the women because they're not in the documentary record. Um, because they tend to, again, have listed their profession as just keeper of house, not proprietress. Mm-hmm. Um, Wetterer married into the business and then kept the joint running until after her first husband died. She had to just be just a full-out badass to be running There's a, a brewery slash saloon in... 1850 something. I'm gonna. I I I gotta. I happen to have a picture of not only the saloon, but I think what is um uh what is a a, a picture of uh, Wetterer. I'm gonna pull up right here. I think that's her right there. Oh yeah, I want to fuck with her. She'd break you. <laughs> I mean, in half. I mean, she, you, you walk into that place to start trouble, and I, you're like, mm, never mind. Take a pint, and I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> or you walk in, you're like, who the fuck owns this? And she just pulls out, like, a fucking machete and a shotgun. She's like, this one. And you're like... Cool, I'll take a pint then. <laughs> uh, here's my money. <laughs> uh, listen, this is the Old West. The baristas hasn't, hadn't moved out West yet. They were still... <laughs> This was this was this, this the West was run by hard ass racists, okay? And, and hard ass women. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh yeah, yeah, she looks like she she a woman who would shoot you and then complain at your dead body because she then had to clean up the blood. Exactly. Um the 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 detritus they were uh uh um, they were unearthing. It might not seem like much, but it does actually add a little bit of real, tangible nuance to what's otherwise just bland historical record. Just you know, like as numbers and you know records, because you have, you have you have the tax documents, you have the property documents, but you, now you have a few objects to touch and say, you know, this really was he was here, and and it does allow them to be able to cordon off certain areas and going okay there could be something here so let's not build something directly on top of it and until we get a chance to look at it or or at least you know let's you know they can they can draw the property lines and build in such a way that the the spot where there may be you know they call it the hot spots the place where there still might be artifacts or stuff to find or even you know a uh, you know something to go see at some point in time can be left undisturbed and you know recovered at some point in time. So, um, the there there you are. The the oldest uh, at one point in time brewery in Oregon uh, found again. Or would this be the oldest female-owned brewery? Definitely the oldest female-owned brewery. Uh, I don't know in the, the United States, or I don't know. It's I don't I don't believe so. That it it made it sound like. So in this well, time frame, it, it would you know I think from just from what I read in the article, it would be hard to pinpoint um, if you know if, if a brewery was brewery or saloon was being run by a woman because a lot of them just kept their name off of it, 
or they you know they used their husband's name or they used their son's name or you know they yeah. they they had they had basically a man's name on all the documents even if they really were the the person keeping the you know the lanterns I was gonna say the lights on the lanterns lit and the beer flowing damn and uh, so you said this was from eighteen fifty to eighteen ninety. About. So it started before Oregon was a fucking state. Correct. Nine years before. Which is kind of cool. Like, oh, now we live in a state. <laughs> Thank God. Gotta because... pay taxes? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. You gotta pay taxes? <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> I want to see you go collect taxes from Ruhilda over there. I mean, they probably grandfathered her in, so to speak. Uh, They're like, anyone go t- collect taxes from Eagle? No. Nope. <laughs> you go, dude. <laughs> hey, newbie. Listen, I showed up once. She gave me a beer and she said, that's my taxes. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I said, sorry for bothering you. <laughs> so I got a free beer out of it and I got to walk away. You go. <laughs> I still had to pay. <laughs> <laughs> you you go ahead, noob. <laughs> Let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> uh, an article on craft brewing business uh, about the three, the innovations in style, three 2021 craft beer ingredient flavor trends. Uh, and they used the app Tavor to actually figure out these trends and see what's popular. Um, uh, Would you like to guess them? The most, the, the most popular styles on Tavor? No, no, no. The three trendiest upticks. The three trendiest upticks. Well, I mean, Hazy IPA has got to be up on there. Um, well, maybe not. Maybe it's maybe on the downfall, but I'm still going to say... But haz- it's not styles, necessarily. It's not styles. So what are you talking about? Like individual beers or... So... Um, I guess I'm, I'm 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 confused as a criteria. Before we get actually before we get into that, we just cracked open. You may have heard from the cracking of cans in the background. Ooh. We so here's the thing: we got Stone's Choco Vesa, um, which you remember excellent beer. Which you, historically, historically, it was what was one of my favorite beers. I believe last year we uh, we opened one, and we were both like, wow. This was better, right? And we were both like, it had to have been better because if I was drinking this, I normally this beer is one of my favorites to age because a year of age on it just makes it so beautifully complex and mellows out some of the harsher flavors that it's excellent with one year of age. Um, this is they they came up with something slightly different this year. This is the Stone Choco Vesa Tres Leches, which made me a little bit nervous. Um, given the fact that yeah you done fucked up the last the the last time you did this beer and now you're just changing the recipe so let's uh, let's see what uh, this and is they're like. getting ready to head to court here in the next month or two. Uh, saw it on beer Twitter the other day. Um, hmm. I will say this first taste. My problem with the the last year's um, Choco Vesa uh, is not a problem here. It was just bland last year. This mm-hmm. one is. Pretty dynamic. No, I'm digging this one. I'm not sure. I'm still on the fence. I feel like so. It it, it is an imperial stout at eight point five, um, inspired by Mexican hot chocolate. Um, and so it has, um, you know, uh, chocolate, coffee, mm-hmm. Priscilla, 
pasilla peppers? Yeah. Vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg, spice, and oats. Which I think the oats give it that thicker mouthfeel to mimic, like, milk in it. Um, And I almost like that. I think the pepper pops a little more than I want right now. I feel like the pepper is clashing with the bitter chocolate. Like, I'm getting, like, a bitter, unsweetened chocolate. But I'm also getting, like... I mean, I get the spice, but I'm also like getting like vegetal green pepper, which I'm not sure it's working for me. I'm not getting any vegetal. Okay. Uh, Maybe I I'm... get like a little bit of that pop of the heat of the pepper, and then it fades off pretty clean. Yeah, there's some some clashing there that I'm not entirely on board with. I really can't put my finger on it. It's like bitter and yeah vegetals i guess where i have to go with that but hmm. maybe it's maybe it's just me maybe i am like looking for a uh tyler just handed me his uh his glass in case it could just be a consistency issue although it came from the same case the same but six pack i think but maybe one can wasn't fully sealed right and no it's same no? yeah okay i uh, maybe i mean at this point in time this is listen i did closer to like OG, I, I like it better than last year's. I will say that yes. I like it better in that because last year's was just bland. Yeah, and I was just going that this is not the beer I really deeply love. I don't. It's always you always kind of wonder. It's hard about beers that have changed somehow because you can't have the same experience back to back. Even if you have last year's beer, exact recipe. Yeah. It's well, even if you have beer from last year, it's changed via age. Mm-hmm. So it's always hard to to know whether or not they've fucked with something. But on the other hand, I'm like drinking that going, this is not a beer I would have been excited about. This is a beer that would have been like, eh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay. This one's better, spicier. I feel like I'm still, I, I get quite a bit of spice on it. I, I kind of want to grab a couple cans of this and sit on them for the next year. Maybe that will help. Because I think a year that spiciness will really drop down and then i think it'd be fucking phenomenal but well anyway uh tyler uh, i interrupted you with a uh, with, with beer talk so oh, uh, no you're wh- good where where were we so trend number one ipa's newest friend the phantasma powder the figgity fuck what the fuck <laughs> 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 is this is, is this the is this the new uh, uh, glitter beer? What what phantasma powder? Yeah, never fucking heard of it till I saw this article. Okay, cool. What the uh, fuck is phantasma powder? Well, you ever tried freeze dried granulated Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc grape skins? I mean, every day of my life, that's what I eat for breakfast. I survive on a steady diet of that. Doesn't everybody? Uh, yeah. Well, phantasma powder is. The new never-before-tasted ingredient coming straight out of Phantasma Labs in New Zealand. Uh, which, it's exactly that. The freeze-dried granulated Sauvignon Blanc grape skins from the New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Uh, it is an olfactory, or it helps to influence the olfactory, so it's very aromatic. Uh, of the hops used in the boil are amplified. Uh, it adds a punch of white wine notes and a dank backbone, according to the description. Um, 
They're pungent, bold, and all IPA fans should keep their eyes out for this ingredient in bottle shops and tap rooms someday. Okay. Phantasma powder. Yep. Um, uh, a couple of breweries that it notes using it on Tavor. Uh, where is tomorrow? Tomorrow is or tomorrow is here from Anchorage Brewing. Okay. Hella fantastic from New Image Brewing out of Arvada, Colorado. Okay. Double Mosaic Dream from Other Half Brewing in New York. Okay. So, the next one. So now that you kind of know, it's not necessarily like. All right. So style. we're talking. So not necessarily style, just ingredients, tra- just general trends. Yeah. Well, I would never have guessed Phantasma powder if given, you know, endless time. Yeah, and, no. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess general trends, uh, you know, I mean, an increase in... I'll give you two guesses. Okay. Go. Oh, just two? I thought you were uh, going to be mm-hmm. some hint with that. All right, I'm going to say... Uh, oh, do you want a hint? I want to, like a hint, please, yes. One has to do with a barrel. Well, I would say more uh, than I'd, I'd go with an increase in in more diverse barrels, and I'm going to say specifically gin barrel. Ah. And I guess the other think back when we were all doing that big bottle share, and we started singing that one song, all hammered drunk. Peanut butter jelly, <laughs> but more peanut butter beers or peanut butter and jelly beers. Yep. So uh, straight out of Oxana. Mezcal barrels are the new jam. Oh, mezcal. Okay. Uh huh. Again, I don't feel bad for not getting that because the other, the, uh, the I thought you were going to say tequila because I was like, I was like, I was in my head as I'm like thinking, you think it'd be gin if, tequila. If you would have said tequila, I would have accepted you'd, it. You give me half credit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then peanut butter sandwich beers. Uh, <laughs> right. So, Jeremy, you're a big tequila fan. Would you like to explain a little bit about mezcals? I actually don't know that much about mezcal. Oh, really? <laughs> they put me on the spot. Oh! I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm aware. Here's what I know about mezcal. That's the stuff that has the worm at the bottom. <laughs> so, uh, the mezcal's character makes for a smokier, more savory finish uh, for the brewers uh, using these barrels. Uh Typically, you're finding barrel-aged golden ales, triples, and wheat wines in it. Uh, but yeah, it's the darker liquor tequila uh, where they're smoking the agave. Yeah, adding it to barrels to age it. So, I mean, I've I've had mezcal. I've don't, I've only had a couple because they're, I you know I've ne- I haven't. There's only I think one brand available here in Idaho, and I found one at one point in time in my travels. Um, and and I've tried them and I've and I've liked them a lot. Not as much as a good añejo, but I really haven't looked at other other than those one that actually have the worm at the bottom yeah. of the bottle, which I've tried to eat. And then I'm going, why would why, why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. Uh, so a couple of the options on Tavor that they have the mezcal barrel exemption, a triple from Taxman Brewery out of Bargersville, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mezcal barrel aged. Penelope, Strong Ale from Hop and Frog Brewery out of Akron, Ohio. And the return of Oaxaca, uh, a wheat wine from the Elementary Brewing Company out of Hackensack, New Jersey. <laughs> just, I, like, I, I had to ca- catch myself. I'm like, is that the fucking city? Yeah, that's the name of the city. Yeah, that's it's Hackensack? <laughs> Hackensack, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate the name of that. It's one of those. It's, it's one of those towns. That the name just makes me giggle a little bit. Uh-huh. I don't. It's it it it, it makes the it, it tickles that uh, uh, that that uh, uh, 
that boy in me with the, basically an uh, elementary school sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the peanut butter sandwich beers. Um, it goes, one of the hottest additions in beer isn't vanilla bean co- coffee or chocolate. It's dollops of creamy peanut butter. I'm like, fuck, this peanut makes, butter beers are coming back now? This makes now? me so sad. Well, they never really went away. They, they, they started let- dying off. I mean, we talked about Mother Earth discontinued syntax. It's true. I... I don't know if they're dying. I don't know if they're dying off. I think they're leveling out because I think what you see a lot of times in craft beer is something will become popular. Everybody makes one. A lot of them are shitty. Ironically, not syntax. Um, and then, but also for obvious re- for other reasons, they they're one off, so people just kind of discontinue them. And then you settle into like three or four that are just solid and good. Mm-hmm. Well, so. PB and J beers, uh, they are on the rise. Uh, Tavor even apparently in June has a beer that's straight up sponsored by Skippy Peanut Butter uh, coming to it. Uh, and I mean, I know the brewery I work at now. We did uh, a couple one-off kegs of our big barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout with. Uh, PB2 and uh, raspberry puree to make a peanut butter and jelly version PB2? of it. PB2? Yeah, so it's the powdered peanut butter, so you okay. still get the head retention without... Because you, you don't... You get the peanut butter flavor without the because oils. Because you don't... You know, for, yeah, I was going to say, you don't want to use actual peanuts or peanut butter because they're it's a very oily, well, nut, and oils will dr- very poorly inf- uh, uh, react will uh, influence head retention basically you're, you're or leave a terrible film on the glass that you can't get rid of right so i mean that's why if i remember at one point in time um mother earth and i think it changed but at one point in time mother earth used um peanut butter flavored soy protein powder it, um, yeah, yeah it's basically like pv2 yeah i was gonna say you can go buy for any homebrewers you can go to any albertson's walmart and by PB2 power. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. The secret is out. Go forth, home brewers, and ruin lines. <laughs> uh, so, a couple beers that mention off this. The Peanut Butter Breakdown from Central Coast Brewing out of San Luis Obispo, California. Um, peanut Butter Jelly Imperial Stout from Untitled Art. Is that the one we had where we like... No, because we had peanut butter jelly time. Oh, that's right. Because, so, uh, why don't I quickly tell this story. Um, we had a bottle share, right? And Jeremy killed us. So, I, I so my very first mead was a uh, an orange blossom honey mead. And I followed the directions. They had me use champagne yeast. And it finished off at like 20% alcohol. And it's pretty much straight up rocket fuel. I still have one bottle left of this, by the way. That we may have to open for episode 100 or something. Episode shit. 100, we get Renee on the podcast <laughs> and we pop that bottle. Um, but anyway, it was kind of, it was funny because, you know, I, there was a ton of, as you might have mentioned it, a bottle share, just a shit ton of really heavy beers. And people were, people were just maintaining across the board. I mean, there were, we, we had a lot of food there to like help yeah. us coast. And then Jeremy's Mead kind of set everyone over it the edge. Really, you could just see this gentle balance of, of nature. You know, people like, you know, balancing food with alcohol intake and maintaining, maintaining. And I then open- Jeremy dropped a fucking nuclear warhead on us like, here, oh, 
hell broke loose after that point in time. We gave each other nicknames. People were puking, and we all opened up peanut butter jelly time. And then play. start screaming, <laughs> peanut play. butter jelly time, peanut butter play the, jelly played the, Played the song, and we're, like, dancing to it. I don't know how someone didn't die <laughs> to, this, to this. And I want to bet by jumping in the pool. A lot of shit happened that I don't think any of us are proud of it. <laughs> oh, I'm super proud of that. Uh, but, uh, so out of those three, like, up and rising trends, Jeremy, which would be the one you would actually drink, or want to spend your money and drink now? Um, I guess I'm always fascinated by new ingredients, so I one of the beers with the Phantasma whatever, I kind of want to taste what the fuck that is. I... I was thinking that... Because I've had peanut butter jelly beers. And, yeah. And, and fucked them just, with a rusty piece of rebar. The Mezcal really kind of yeah. intrigued me. But this whole new... So it's... it. At first I was like, oh, it's like a new version of a cryo hop, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, wait. Wine grape skins? What the fuck? So I guess if I was... If, if you put like put those in front of me like i kind of want to try the phantasm although i probably will enjoy a, a a a beer aged in a mezcal barrel more but i would be interested to see what i'd be curious to see that with like nelson savine oh, that would be i i'm on it let's uh I'll, I'll i'll brew the shit out of this so i have a picture of that bottle chair i think <laughs> it's my wife's laptop background of this day there's me there's a picture of me on the ground holding i can't read the label on it unfortunately uh holding up a beer i'm like why do you still have that picture she's like because it's you like <laughs> and so with, with equal part and she says that with equal parts love and derision which is you know marriage <laughs> there were 13 beers drank after the <laughs> after after my twenty percent after my twenty percent uh, mead and before the mead there was one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one beers before the mead <laughs> and all of these were like ten percent and above and I think there was what six seven of us yep that sounds about right. Uh, which, looking at one of these pictures, oh no, that was from Atlanta. Uh, I was like, that looks like a roadhouse can. Uh, yeah. But that was from Orpheus Brewing out of Georgia. Uh, but, well, Jeremy, since I got us off into the weeds reminiscing about drunk stories, uh, what do you got next? Uh, drinking beer in the weirdest places news now. Uh, this comes from Fox Business by Courtney Moore. Tyler, have you ever been to the Empire State Building? No. Neither have I. But I can imagine being up there, surrounded by the skyline of one of the greatest cities ever built by humankind, thinking about the vibrant, epic culture that is NYC and... I'd want a shotgun a beer right there. I was like, like I could really use a beer right now, yes. Uh, which I think it tells... Shotgun. That, that tells and then us, throw the empty beer can over, see if it hits someone. Um, I don't think you can do that. I think there's like... They, they, they have it... First of all, I don't know the terminal velocity of a beer can, but it's, it can't be that much. I think you're just going to hit someone on the head and slightly annoy them. Well, 
not if I crush it flat and whoop. The terminal velocity. Allegedly, if you throw a penny off, you can kill a person. It's not true. Oh, it's The not? terminal velocity of a penny is only about uh, 35 miles per hour. And, you know, it hurts, but you're not going to kill nobody. What if I throw a full beer over? I, I don't know. I'll, have to, I'll, I'll also have to control uh, contract that out to the Mythbusters. That's how I know that is. They actually did run that test where they calculated where they found out the terminal velocity of a penny, and then you know fired a penny at that speed, and it doesn't do any damage. It hurt. It probably hurt. Oh, it hurt a, like a motherfucker. It'd leave a mark, but you'd probably go fucking hell ow. It, it might knock you to the ground just because you're not expecting it. No, it just like it probably just hit your head, hit you oh, in the head. But like the shot. Like you may just trip and eat shit. Like um, anyway, <laughs> uh, the the fact that uh, I think we both are thinking that we want to drink a beer there. Listen, I, I know that we are in craft beer to uh, uh, to uh, help disguise our raging alcoholic tendencies, um, but we really should be able to just enjoy something without swilling some handcrafted artisanal booze in the process. And secondly, one of those places does not have to be. The top of the Empire State Building because there's a special beer. If I go somewhere new, I want to drink a beer at that new spot. Like anywhere? Like if you like go to a school, you're like. <laughs> I've shotgunned in front of the giant Boise State B multiple times. As soon as they put it in, I shotgunned before they even had the gates pulled out. If you ever have a child, I want to I, I want to be there for uh, when you take the kid to elementary school the first time. Just... Oh, I'm going to be like, hey, hey, buddy, crack this, crack this. <laughs> I can't do that. My wife's a fucking elementary school teacher. She'd be like, babe, no, you can't do that. So have you cracked a, a beer in front of her school? Because it, it was a new place for you at one point in time. I wanted to, but I haven't. <laughs> anyway, I can't, I can't tell if uh, Tyler was like, uh, I wanted to. I'm like, I can't admit to that. Not, not while it's being recorded. <laughs> I did not. My he wife kind of scares me. He says, um, I mean, I believe she scares you. She's she's a lovely woman, but, you know, a scary woman. Um, the, the view Don't want to anger her. <laughs> the view from the top is a collaboration from Craft & Carry, Five Burrows Brewing, and, of course, the Empire State Building. It's a hazy IPA. Because oh, fucking course. Because the view's hazy with smog. There's literally no other style of beer in the fucking world. Um, this can features a picture of the binoculars on the observation deck and is available only on the 86th floor. And above, it's an out-of-focus, hazy skyline of New York City mm -hmm. from that above the thing. So you missed that on the label. Uh, quick side note. Did you know that the, uh, the, the spire of the Empire State Building is, is like a mooring for Zeppelins? What? Yeah, this is true. Um, when they designed the Empire State Building, they, it was originally supposed to be like a uh, a station for Zeppelins, which kind of went went kind of went south um, Hindenburg. with the Hindenburg. But that was what that spire was designed to be. You moored a Zeppelin there, and they would you would you would literally like dock at the Empire State Building. That'd be fucking dope. <laughs> I would pay money to drink a beer on a Zeppelin or a blimp. And fucking go dock at the Empire State Building, shotgun a beer there, and then fly back. <laughs> I just... Listen, I have a lot of really stupid, useless knowledge in my head. Let's buy a blimp, Jeremy, <laughs> and start this. We move to New York. Listen, 
I think they're still a little skittish after 9-11. So even like, even like driving a blimp towards a major building is probably going to upset somebody in that city. They're like, that doesn't say Goodyear on the sign. Chuck off! <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not really ready to attempt that. But it's true. That was, that was a, a little... I had this knowledge in my head. It's completely fucking useless. The only I can do is spread it around. So now you have to live with that knowledge as I do. Thanks for your brain herpes. <laughs> Apparently you have a new skin regiment. I do. This comes from the uh, uh, Eat This, Not That blog by Christy Gasbar. And was so stupid I couldn't help but mention it. Um, it also appears to be a, was a slow uh, uh, beer news week until again about noon today. Um, research dun, 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 dun. at the University of Camonero in Italy came out with a new study. How do you pronounce that? Camonero? Camonero? I don't fucking know. Listen, I'm about I'm a, I'm, I'm I'm two beers into it. Uh, 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 I'm feeling it. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway, um, came out with a new study that. Many of the ingredients in craft beer, namely malt, hops, and yeast, contain antioxidant compounds and phenols that can prevent aging in skin. Um, so would be a would a heft be better for your skin than like which, a stout? Which it, well, well, I mean, I guess it. Well, yes, it's more phenolic. Um, I, to me, I think this explains why underneath the beardy exteriors um, of your average beer geek is a skin is skin as smooth as a baby's butt. Well, now, also beards help protect that because this the basically fur on it on your face, the beard hair helps pr- catch any dirt, uh, helps protect against wind damage. That's why you have the eyes of someone who drinks too much and look like you're 87. Why, if I shave this, I look like I'm 12. I mean, it, it's true. You can, if you if you can get through those brambles on a beer geek's face, you will find a base so supple you will wish to burrow deep in their paint <laughs> bristles and rest your weary head on their soft, pillowy flesh. Wow, <laughs> that's that got slightly erotic. <laughs> I was slightly proud when I wrote that. Anyway, um, but uh, uh, actually, the phenols though come more from the hops. Then from the yeast. Now the the I mean the 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 phenols are um, are I, I don't I mean the chemistry is 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 extremely complicated. But the phenol phenolic compounds apparently actually come from the hops used um, that are processed by the yeast. And depending on how they process them, they either consume them. And they leave out a lot of phenols, like you will get in your most in, in most of your beers, or they won't, and then you'll get a more phenolic beer, with, like you with a uh, German Hef, right? Huh. It's as near as I can tell. There's the science on this is real thin. Okay, so that's as it's on eat this not that blog. All right, let's, take it for what it is. But they claim that it's in the hops, and so that's 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 my interpretation based on my. You know, ext- you know, better than average, but still spotty knowledge of fermentation. But what we get from this is essentially um, the waste from a brewery is good for your skin. So what does this mean? Well, clearly, there can be only one conclusion to draw. If your daily routine between stumbling between craft beers, a wash, and an internal sea of alcohol on your own shame, and passing out face foods in, in a pool of your own reeking clothing has you resembling a saddlebag with eyes, you should visit your local brewery, wait until they empty the tank, and then immediately jump in, flail around that thick yeast slurry, and 
die because, you know, you didn't wait till they purged the CO2 from the tank. You asphyxiated and you're now you're dead, asshole. No, you should absolutely not do that. Do not jump into brewery tanks for any reason. Um, the point of this is that phenols are used, apparently, in anti-aging cosmetics. And there are high levels of phenols in the waste products of craft beer. So, yay for symbiosis. Maybe you can, like, scrape the, the, the detritus out of the bottom of a, uh, of a tank and sell it to fucking... I got a new proposition for the <laughs> fucking brewery, baby! <laughs> Um, and also the other thing we can take away from this is you should, you, you should always put craft beer in your face. It's not going to keep you from aging, but it is part of an overall quality of life that will keep you, you know, that will see you happily, uh, marching towards oblivion, knowing that indeed you lived the best life. I mean, at the last brewery I worked for, the owner was experimenting with some beer infused soaps that actually were pretty good. I think I I think uh, he brought a sample around by my shop and it was like, listen, I take a shower to stop smelling like beer, mm -hmm. so. But the one he did that had oatmeal flakes in it with the oatmeal stout, like your hands felt really soft afterwards. Oh, I didn't. I so. I missed that one. My wife did buy me. Um, there was like a line of beer soaps, but one of them was um like the shoots. Um, mm -hmm. fresh squeezed. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to smell like fucking hops. Well, the funny thing was, is that my wife is not a beer drinker at all. I mean, I think I've seen, there's like been three beers in all of recorded history that she's liked. Um, and she gave me that for Christmas. It's kind of like, we, like we give each other like a serious gift and kind of a gag gift. Um, and she gave that to me. I'm like, you seriously want me to use this? <laughs> you seriously want me to smell like this? Because <laughs> I'm fine with it. Are you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did use it. It's not that powerful. It, you know, it, 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 it. it... Allegedly, the beer-infused soaps are supposed to help your skin. Okay, well, there you go. Because of the beer attributes. But uh, allegedly to a lot of these people, essential oils can cure autism. So take it for what you will. I again, I think the only conclusion that we can draw is drink craft beer. It's 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 good. For Shove it down your gullet instead of on your skin. <laughs> Way better. I mean, pour it on your skin too. I, I I do usually when I'm reaching about this level of ABV. It, beer showers. I mean, not that it just accidents happen. You know, I go. I I I try to take a drink. I miss. Talk it, with your hands. You know, listen, it, you know, if, if, if beer really is good for your skin, then the area between, like, my chin down to about my navel has got to be, like, baby Chin smooth. to belly button? <laughs> yeah. Soft as a baby's bottom. Just like, just like a treasure trail of really <laughs> soft, <laughs> lovely it's a skin. a new kind of happy trail, man. New kind of happy trail. <laughs> Oh, before our before the the few uh, uh, listeners we have left scream and run into a lamppost out of protest of these images we are beaming directly into their head holes. Tyler, do you have anything else for us today? Uh, actually, I saw someone retweeted Joe Rogan, and I think Joe Rogan just discovered Deschutes Black Butte Porter for the first time because uh, he posted so it was a tweet to his link on Instagram. That was, this is the greatest, most delicious beer I've ever had. It's called Deschutes Brewery Black Butte Porter. And it's a picture of the beer next to the menu. And he paid $7 for that fucking pint of beer. I'm like, Joe, there's, it's a great porter. Don't get me wrong. Let's bring you to this side. 
I mean, I'm glad. Put you... down the horse dewormers and <laughs> let's get you into craft beer. I, I, I mean, let me. It, it, it will cure COVID at least as good as a horse dewormer. Okay. <laughs> I, I say that with absolutely no medical background, but complete authority. <laughs> so you know, it's yeah, it's uh, it, it's as good as ivermectin or. Clorox or whatever you crazy kids are shooting into your bodies to try to pretend you, you don't need Instead of just getting the just vaccine. Just get the fucking vaccine. Jesus H. Christ. Anyway, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, well, it's nice to... Uh, I guess we get to welcome Joe Rogan into the uh, into the fold of craft beer. Um, uh, please stay Which on. I'm like, how have you never had touring this country doing stand-up comedy? How have you never had to shoot Blackbeard Porter? Listen, there are a group of people who still like look at a beer menu and go, "Do you have just Bud Light?" I, I'm afraid to try any of this stuff. I've I've known these people. And also, who pays seven bucks for a fucking Black Butte? I mean, he's from California. I mean, that's. But he lives in Texas. Does he live in Texas now? Oh yeah, he moved to Texas a while ago. I don't keep up with Joe Rogan for gun any, loss. For I, I I don't keep up with Joe Rogan for any number of reasons. Just sheer mental health. Um. I listen to Two Bears, One Cave podcast with Burt Kreischer and Tom Zagura, and they're good friends with Joe. Okay. Uh, they do Sober October every year with him. Why? Okay, Sober January makes sense to me. Like, you know, uh, you know, or Dry January makes sense to me. October is like the worst time. You need to, first of all, it's Halloween, all right? So you're, you're going to have a major drinking holiday. Dry January is too mainstream. It's, you, you someone's got to support the industry during January. And so by doing it in October... It's in the fall. It's starting to cool down. It's only pumpkin beers. You're fine. First of all, it's fresh hop season too. It is fresh hop. Um, and you're in, you're going in. You're going. But into, these aren't craft beer people. You're going into a major drinking holiday, and also you're getting into the holidays. Now is not the time to uh, uh, to let your liver re- relax. You need to get it prepped and ready to you go. You let it relax so that way you're drunk quicker when you're with your family for the holidays. No, you don't want to do that. You want look, you don't want to be you don't want to go from zero to drunk off your ass cuz then you're that uncle, okay? No one wants to be that uncle. You want to be able to uh, plan your alcohol intake in such a way so you can deal with your family, but you're not that guy. Listen, I've done extensive work on this. I know what I'm talking about. Well, on that note, Jeremy, let's wrap it up because it's getting dark as shit in this room. And I'm scared you might try to touch me. Uh, it's too late for that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, well, you are very supple down there. It's very, it's very nice. Um, anyway, trail, baby. This has been It's All Beer. Uh, if you want to see the articles that we use to uh, put this podcast together, uh, it's on our Twitter uh, feed. It's All Beer 1. Um, we have Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I post random shit on our Instagram feed. Mostly makes it on the Facebook. You can check us out on either one of those at It's All Beer. Um, if you got a story or a comment or something or, you know, a dick pic you want to send to Tyler, you can do that at It's All Beer at gmail.com. I, I don't even know the password to that email, <laughs> so Jeremy's going to see it. I will forward it to Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I won't open any email from him, so you're sending it to Jeremy. There are many ways I will get. <laughs> Listen, I will. If, if you said, don't challenge our listeners, okay? Because one of them was like, how can I? Can, can you come? Can I? Can I count on you to make sure Tyler sees my dick? I'm like, yes, I'll make sure Tyler sees your dick. <laughs> Jeremy's gonna see it too, so it's worth it. <laughs> and, and also, uh, you can. Uh, uh, 
rate us on uh, uh, iTunes, on Facebook, or uh, Stitcher. Um, to let us know how you're doing. You can probably stick the dick pic on there. See, <laughs> be like, hey Tyler, check out this review, and you'll look at, oh my god, that's a penis. <laughs> I don't think that'll actually make it, but if someone can actually get a dick pic on Apple Podcast Review, I'd be impressed. <laughs> And that'll be uh, quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to have a beer. Have fun.